Abby, and this is another episode of No Filter with Kobo. In the second episode of 2023, we will discuss a controversial ingredient, carmine, a pigment that's been used in cosmetics for many years, but it's facing a ban by brands and consumers. We'll get into why this is happening and if there are alternatives for replacing it. To have this conversation, we have today for the third time in our podcast, Melda Loy-Payne, Kobo UK Managing Director. Hello, Melda. It's really nice to have you here again. Hi, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Well, let's get into it. Uh, as I mentioned, carmine is a well-known ingredient in the cosmetic market, being used for ages. But in case we have new listeners in the audience, can you please explain uh, what is this product and the function of it in a makeup product? Sure. Um, carmine is a bright bluish red colorant. It is actually the aluminum lake of carminic acid. Uh, carminic acid is extracted from cochineal lice. These beetles are native to tropical and subtropical South America, and around 20% of the dried insect's body weight is carminic acid. So female cochineal beetles are dried and then boiled to extract the carminic acid. And here we have the first problem about carmine, the fact that it is um, animal-derived and therefore not vegan. The second problem is that as a natural product, there is inevitably batch-to-batch variation. The third problem is its cost. Although um, the fact that it's natural has contributed to increased demand recently and made the cultivation and processing of the beetles profitable again, compared to other pigments, dyes and lakes used in the cosmetic industry, it is still over three times more expensive. It's like kind of $500 per kilo kind of range. That's a lot. Uh, Thank you for that. And I noticed that you mentioned some of the cons of using uh, this material, but I know that, you know, they've been using for a long time, so there must be some advantages to it. What would you think are the pros of using carmine? Well, the most important attribute of carmine is that it is the only bright, clean, bluish red colorant that is approved by FDA for use in eye area. It is a unique shade. For brands who use only natural origin ingredients, i.e. can't use the lakes, there are also no other alternatives for the lip area. Um, Also, carmine has a moderate light and heat stability and color intensity that is quite good for a natural colorant. Yeah, I agree. You know, as a natural colorant, I think it's a good choice. But from a consumer point of view, uh, I would say that based on the current market, the worst con would be, as you mentioned, the animal origin. You know, there are a lot of people looking for uh, vegan products. And for that consumer, would you say it's possible for them to identify, you know, in a product that's on the market, on the shelves, which of them contains carmine or if they don't? Um, well, in the EU, the ingredient listing of colorants used have, uh, have to mention both the colorant inky name and the CI number. Most consumers do not have any knowledge of CI numbers, but the inky for carmine is carmine, so that is easy to spot. On the other hand, colorants can be listed under may contain plus minus, and this is where a manufacturer lists all the colorants used in a line of products, like in all the shade on the same label rather than creating ingredient listings per individual shade. 
In that case, if one shade contains carmine, then carmine would be on all shades, whether they contained it or not. By the way, carmine is also used in foods. For foods, instead of the CI number, you have the E number, and um, carmine is E120. Oh, that's good to know. But if I might add, uh, if you're living in Brazil and some other countries in Latin America, it can even be harder to figure it out, you know, if the product has carmine or not, because our regulation here requires that you only use the CI number. And for carmine, it is uh, 75470. And if you don't know that, would basically be impossible for you to, you know, check out a product easily and figure out it has carmine. So definitely not uh, easy to spot sometimes and depending obviously on where you are and the regulation that your country you know has but now we discussed a lot of the issues and you know why people are kind of moving away from this product but i want to be positive here and talk about also possibilities for the formulators that are looking for uh, replacing or brands that are looking you know to move away from carmine and use other uh, pigments why don't you start with possible possibilities for lipsticks uh what would you do to get those you know bright pink bluish shades that we know carmine is very uh, specific and unique color um, actually, in lipsticks, there are several good options to get that bluish red. In fact, uh, they are superior to carmine, both from um, color reproducibility and stability, stability point of view, you know, on, and also uh, from the cost per kilo point of view. So taking these into account, formulators naturally tend to prefer the lakes anyway, like red 7 calcium lake, red 27, red 28, red 33 aluminium lakes. So if, you know, for, for lips, there are um, really, you know, good options. Yeah, I agree. I love that we have, you know, those many options. And I know that Kobo has you know, multiple formulas of red lipsticks available. And, you know, if any of our listeners are searching for a specific red, I'm sure that we can help out with that uh, formulation. But let's say we have a formulator that's listening to us that has another challenge besides you know not using carmine let's say it's a brand that wants the formula to be 100% natural origin what would be you know your tip for that since they won't be able to use the lakes yes that's where it gets really tricky uh in the red we are uh, we only really have the red iron oxide which is a much dirtier earthy red uh, there is also no natural blue, so we struggle to bring the blue element. Iron oxide mixtures give orangey salmony shades um, rather than bright red and pink. So one idea we have applied in our formulas is to combine manganese violet with the iron oxides to introduce the blue element to extend the shades that are possible to obtain with natural colorants. We have a tinted balm, KLP293EU, and we have a full color lipstick version of the same combination of pigments in KLP302EU. These are very pretty pink nudes, um, and manganese violet is a gorgeous color. Uh, sadly, its coverage is very low, so you have, uh, you have to use higher amounts of it. 
And again, I mean, these are pinks. Uh, it's kind of pink, but... Um, They're one of nude shades, right? Yeah. If you want the bright red, this is, again, um, not, going to be, uh, not going to be a solution for you. So, yes, it's, it's possible to do pink, but um, not in a bright, clean way. At least you have something. And uh, I really love that shade that you uh, developed in Europe. You know, those those nudes, I think they're also really pretty. And it's nice to see that you can do kind of a 100% natural formula uh, without using any uh, animal origin ingredients or even synthetic products. So I think that's uh, that was a good step anyway. <laughs> well, we talked about lips, but I know that the challenge is even higher, you know, bigger with eye products like eyeshadows, mascaras, eyeliners, because if, especially if you want to develop global compliant products uh, in, with the FDA in the United States, we won't be able to use the lakes, as we mentioned. So how would you manage that? Uh, this is where there are sol the solutions are really thin on the ground. Uh, the only red pigment that is allowed in the eye area, according to FDA, is the FDNC Red 40 Aluminium Lake. And even that, only since the uh, 1980s, following a petition from the CTFA. But the Red 40 is uh, unfortunately not as bright and clean as Carmine either. And it is more on the uh, yellow side of red, uh, not as... Um, uh, not as um, not not bluish. So uh, manganese violet is also not a solution as it is not stable in the presence of water, so not suitable for water-based eyeliners and mascaras. However, it could work for anhydrous formulas and, of course, powder eyeshadows. Mm -hmm. I th yeah, I think that's a good idea. You know, as you mentioned, they're kind of more more orange shaded and a bluish, you know, pink. And the coverage is also not so good. So you also may need as the manganese violet to use, you know, a higher amount. So even less options when we talk about uh, eyes, you're, you're right. Well, I want to talk about another type of uh, raw material that we usually see the inky name carmine in it, which is mica, synthetic mica, or even borosilicate. Uh, with carmine uh, covered on it, you know, coated. And I know that we have a few of them that have really nice uh, shades of pink. Kobo has some in the portfolio. Can you comment on the alternatives for that? Uh, yes, Kobo has a few carmine containing pearls like KTZ Rose, Celandon Red, Colorset Red Gold and Colorset Red Blue. And these are the really the real pinks that we have. We do not have a single pearl that would match these pinks on a one-to-one -one basis. However, this does not mm -hmm. mean that red-pink shades are impossible. We do have carmine and lake-free pinks and reds like KTZSM Extra Fine Cabernet, KTZSM Bright Mauve, and KTZSM Magenta. KTZSM uh, SM Extra Fine Cabernet with KTZ Interval Red, for example, gives a red base with a blue reflection that is interesting. Kobo Pearl Perpetual IO Rose Gold is a red pearl containing red iron oxide, but has a very vivid pink reflection. 
KTZ Blue Claire, which is a bluish red pearl combined with Cobo Pearl Perpetual IO Pastel Rose, another color travel effect pigment with rosy reflection color, also gives a, a very interesting pink. So the moral of the story here is to make use of pearls with red interference colors. And it can also be interesting to combine red 40 aluminum lake with a KTZ interval blue. Um, finally, we have a unique red 40 aluminum lake containing pearl on boris silicate substrate, KTZG watermelon crush, which is the cleanest, brightest red pink pearl you'll ever see, which can be used in Europe. However, unfortunately not allowed to be used in US due to the requirement of batch certification of every red lake. So the pearl itself contains a red 40 aluminum lake. So that's, uh, that makes it problematic for, for Americas. Okay, got it. Thank you, you know, for uh, sharing all those options. For our listeners, if you want to see pictures of those uh, pearls, you can check our website. You can find the link uh, in the description of the episode. You will be able to see some of those uh, really beautiful pink shades. As Melda mentioned, you know, they're not... Uh, exactly the same as our, you know, carmine options of pearls, but I think with creativity and a few, uh, sometime, you know, in the lab and mixing some of them, you'll be able to get a really beautiful uh, pink shade for sure. And for our last question, we talked a lot about this pigment, you know, the possible replacement, the need uh, for the possible, you know, replacement, but as a last insight, I want to take your opinion on if you think there's still a place for Carmine in the cosmetic market, or if the actual future is to replace it completely. Almost all of our customers in Europe, and for sure all the big brands, are now formulating Carmine free. So for new formulas, um, Carmine is on, is on a blacklist. Although they still have some existing products on sale that contain Carmine. And... But I do not expect a regulatory change regarding this pigment, but consumer opinion may well push the brands to completely discontinue formulas containing carmine in the future. So this you know, could affect products that, are, that contain carmine that are currently on the market. Um, the main application area for reds and pinks are lips and cheeks anyway, and here carmine is not really required. I mean, as, as we discussed before, there are some really good, good alternatives. I think it is possible mm -hmm. to make really nice usable pinky and uh, red shades um, for eyes, even if they don't exactly match what you can have with carmine with the help of effect pigments also. So maybe humankind can live without carmine <laughs> going forward. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think that's a good insight. You know, uh, if we look at the product itself, then maybe it's not a real problem. But if you look at what the market, what the consumer is looking for, I'm not sure there is uh, a lot of places that carmine will still, you know, fit, especially in the cosmetic market. Well, Melda, I think that's the end of our episode. Thank you so much. I think we covered, you know, the most important things related with this pigment and its replacements. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to us. If you want to know more about this material and the options that Kobo has for them, please check the description of the episode or reach out to your account manager. 
This podcast has been created by the content team at Cobra Product Inc. And this was just the second episode of this year, and we have many more to come. If you don't want to miss any new episodes, don't forget to follow us on Spotify or the platform of your choice. See you next time. Bye.